Bismillah. Today we're going to discuss uh, the first lesson in the Islamic civilizations. Uh, we're going to begin with asking the essential questions. Um, how do religions develop? And then our guiding questions are, how did the physical geography influence the Arab way of life? What message did Muhammad وسلم, preach to the people of Arabia? And how does Islam provide guidance to its followers? So some of the key terms that uh, everyone should know, the first one, of course, is Islam, uh, the religion based on the teachings of Muhammad Wasallam, the ideas of Tawheed, one, one God, um, Oasis, which is a green area in a desert fed by underground water or a water hole in the desert, right? These are, are going to play a, a critical part in the development of Arabs in societies. Uh, a sheikh is a leader of an Arab tribe. Okay, now sheikhs may have a different uh, connotation today, uh, but in general, the term was used to describe uh, the leader of an Arab tribe. Uh, the next is caravan. That's a group of traveling merchants and animals, usually camels. Uh, caravans were very uh, important to Arab society and very vital to helping uh, trade thrive in the region. Uh, the Quran, which is the holy book of Islam, and Sharia, the Islamic code of law. So we'll begin by talking about the ancient Arabs. Um, in the 600s, people of, on the Arabian Peninsula, they built an empire. Right, uh, The empire began in Southwest Asia. It would eventually thrive and take up parts of in North Africa, and in, into Europe. Uh, the empire was based on the religion of Islam. This was not a secular movement. It wasn't a movement uh, for the sake of uh, you know, a particular king wanting to increase his kingdom and his wealth. This was purely based on the religion of Islam. Um, now we're going to talk about Arabia, uh, all the conditions uh, of the land, and how it affects the the Arab societies of those days. Uh, the land in Arabia is mostly desert. Now, it's not all desert, right? Because you have those beach areas uh, on the coastlines, and you do have regions where there is vegetation. It's not uh, like the movies where you see nothing but uh, rolling sand hills, you know, sand dunes for miles and miles. Although there are parts of Arabia that, that do look like that. Uh, the temperatures in the summer can rise well above 122 degrees. It is very, very, very hot. Um, and in contrast, sometimes in the winter and, the, and when the sun goes down, it can get very, very cold. So that extreme uh, temperature change is also a challenge that most Arabs uh, had to face at the time. Now, the desert had no cities and very few towns, right? The desert is a very harsh environment to, in which to live. The very hot weather and the dry, sandy land made it difficult to live in the desert. However, it did not make it impossible. Uh, there were groups of people who um, thrived in those regions. The towns that existed were built around water, okay, uh, which only makes sense. Because uh, when we look at uh, ancient Egypt, Mesopotamia, all of those regions essentially revolved around water, right? You have the Fertile Crescent with the Euphrates and um, the Tigris. Water is very, very important, and as everyone knows, you must have a steady um, source of water in order to have a successful um, community in that area. 
uh, in the desert, water can be found only at an oasis, right? And we're talking about the very, very dry plains of the desert, the, the dunes, if you will. Um, an oasis is a spring or a watering hole. Now, there are other sources of water, right? You can be in the desert and be coastal, right, where there's uh, seawater, which is not potable. It's not drinkable. However, you could, um, you know, utilize it. You boil it down and, and clean it and everything like that. And then also, when you look at ancient Egypt, the Nile River basically runs through a desert. So the ancient Egyptians were able to... Uh, use the very fertile land when the when the river flooded and and then left silt deposits. They were able to use the land that um, borders that river in the desert to uh, succeed and build a, a successful empire. Okay, we're going to talk about the the Bedouins. Right, they're a group of Arabs. Um, they did not settle around water. Right, they learned to live in a very difficult environment. They were nomadic, meaning that they moved from place to place. Um, they rode camels, right? Camels are very useful in the desert. Camels have, uh, subhanAllah, Allah has created them to where they are ideal for desert conditions. The way that their feet are shaped helps them to walk on the loose sand. The ability to move for days on end without drinking water, uh, even their eyelashes, when a strong uh, sandstorm comes through, it protects their eyes. Right, so they're very suitable for the region. And the nomadic Arabs, they the Bedouins, they took advantage of these animals, um, and they they rode them and they used them as beasts of burden. So they would carry their things on them, and they would move from oasis to oasis to feed and water their herds. Now they used to herd uh, other camels, of course. But also goats and sheep, right? Those animals would, would need, obviously, to have a source of water uh, and vegetation in order to survive. So they would move their herds from those places. To survive the harsh climates, the Bedouins formed tribes. Okay, Tribalism, where you have groups of people who identify with one another and support one another. Right. We talked about tribalism uh, in the pre-Islamic era when we read the Sealed Nectar. And we know that it was um, a very harsh reality for them. Well, the idea of infanticide is essentially based on tribalism. That a girl cannot take up arms and help defend the tribe. Therefore, she's less valuable than the, than the boys. So they used to form these tribes. And they were very... Um, loyal to the tribes uh, and, and the leader of each tribe you would have it would be called a sheikh right so the sheikhs are in charge and of course it's going to be a he because we're take, talking about a, a patriarchal uh, civilization where men are uh, in control so you have the, the sheikh who basically makes the decisions for the tribe but the tribe works together um, and they often fought over land and, of course, water, right? Because if you can control the water, then you have a higher status and it makes it just a little bit easier on you. So some tribes, um, not the Bedouins, uh, but some tribes did settle around oases and they set up villages and towns. Um, the people there, they farmed, they raised animals, and they traded. Uh, trade would become an essential part of the economic well-being of Arabia uh, because 
although they did not travel, you did have those people who traveled and would eventually need to stop. So if you set up a, a town and a region in which the natural travel of, of traders would be, then you could could do business. Um, so some merchants, um, they would carry their goods across the desert. So they would be uh, centralized in these cities, but they also were involved in a lot of trade. So they would move across the desert, and f the majority of them would travel in what's called a caravan. Okay, a caravan is a group of merchants and animals, and they did this for several reasons. Okay, number one is protection. Right, it would protect the merchants from the attacks of thieves, because you had uh, tribes that were very spread out. So if the opportunity came where you had one lone person just moseying through the desert with their camel and their goods, then it would be quite easy for these these tribes to uh, attack the person and take all of their goods and, and make their living that way. So uh, let's compare the two, um, and then we're going to go on to discuss Mecca. So life in the desert, right? You have Bedouins that uh, travel from oases to oases. They lived in tribes, which and those tribes were led by sheikhs. And then the tribes often fought with each other over land and water. Now, in contrast, life in the towns, merchants built towns near oases and trade routes. And then the merchants traveled in caravans for protection. And Mecca was an important religious center that also thrived on trade. So it is considered a, a trade town, right? Mecca it developed its uh, status through trade. But uh, in addition to that, it was also an important religious center. Uh, Al-Kaaba is, is in Mecca, right? The religious building that, that was built um, by Ibrahim and his son. So the Kaaba, um, although it had fell into the hands of, of deviant uh, groups who um, introduced idols, uh, they still, the Arabs still held on to some of the Ibrahimic uh, traditions and beliefs. So you still had uh, Arabs making Hajj, right? And they also made Tarawaf, right? They, they made the circumambulation of Al-Kaaba. So they would go around Al-Kaaba. They would slaughter animals, uh, you know, albeit it was on stone, you know, stone altars and to, to false gods. But they still had, you know, essential parts of the Ibrahimic religion, which was initially established there. Um, so you have this important uh, city that's based on trade, and it's also an important religious center. So when the people come for Hajj, they don't come empty-handed, right? Every year after the Hajj, the idols go home to their, their own, uh, I guess, um, supported cities, right? They would have their their um their own god per se and then they would bring them back for um for the hajj and then everybody would worship them uh in total so when they came they would bring those gods but they would also bring goods to trade and they would also uh look to uh purchase items as well so it it opened up a another avenue for them to do uh, lots of trade um we're going to move on now to uh, the Prophet Muhammad and his message. Uh, this shouldn't be news to really anyone. 
but we're just going to go over it uh, one more time for, for clarity. Uh, Muhammad Sallallahu he was born in Mecca in about 570. Okay, both of his parents had died, and he grew up in his grandfather's house. He later became very successful as a merchant, right? When he married Khadija, uh, she put him in charge of trade because he was very, very honest and very trustworthy. Um, and Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he didn't, he didn't like the way things were going in Mecca. He didn't like the way society was uh, running. He didn't like the way that the poor were being treated, uh, the worship of idols. So he had a big problem with the social order that was currently running uh, Mecca. Um, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi he used to meditate about these things, right? So he would go up into a cave and he would meditate, right? Because he, you, you, subhanAllah, you find this in human beings. They, when they know something's missing, they begin to ponder and think about it and, and try to get those answers. And uh, in approximately 610, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him revelation through the angel Jibreel alayhi um, And then Islam was being reestablished into the society. So of course his main focus was Tawheed, right? Introducing the idea that there is only one God, an unseen God, and that the statues of God and goddesses that were being kept in, in the Kaaba and being worshipped, that they were false and they should ultimately be destroyed. Um, and he also... Um, brought things that were, were really revolutionary to these people. It was very hard for the, the Meccans to understand um, life after death, right? That they would uh, be raised from the dead and then have to answer for their good deeds. This was not something that uh, they were used to hearing. And also that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks towards your good deeds and not your wealth or the number of sons you have. That, that That's what makes you higher in status is your piety and how much good deeds you do. So um, he introduced um, the idea of sadaqah and, and that the rich should share their wealth with the poor. This is very, very dangerous, especially in a society that um, you have certain people at the top of the hierarchy because they have extreme wealth. Um, for instance, Sufyan, right? They, um, the hierarchy, they had their positions and they didn't want to lose them. So saying that they should share with the poor, it was very uh, hard for them to, to wrap their brains around. Uh, but nevertheless, many people did begin to follow Muhammad Wasallam, and especially the poor. And you see this with most of the prophets. And Alhamdulillah, the, the poor people are the ones who are the first to receive the message because they're not blinded by these things like power and money, right? They're not having to give up so much. So he begins to get followers, and they would keep it secret because um, it created a hardship. And, and later, the, the Muslims, they would be tortured for their beliefs. And so the the Meccans, they made it very, very hard on Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after his his coming out and, and stating... Um, publicly that uh, the people should follow Islam they made it very difficult because they believed he was trying to take away their power so they were very threatened so people who would support him to the ends of the earth before then left him for dead like they didn't want anything to do with him and uh, and in fact they wanted wanted him dead 
So um, it got to the point where in 622, Muhammad and his followers believed they were in so much danger that they would have to leave Mecca. When they did leave, which is the event called uh, the Hijra, and uh, as we know, the Hijra marks the beginning of the Islamic calendar, the Muslims migrated out of Mecca and they went to the town of Yathrib. Now most people don't uh, recognize the, the town Yathrib because the name changed. Once the Prophet Sallallahu arrived there, they changed the name of the town to Medina, right? And that means the city of the Prophet. So Medina was once called Yathrib, and uh, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi his establishment as a political leader and a religious leader, they changed the name of the town completely. And Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi he used uh, government power to support Islam. So everything was is focused on Islam. Uh, he formed an army in order to protect the Muslims and help to spread the deen. And with his army, he, he took over Mecca and returned it to its former glory. Uh, and this kind of reminds us of uh, Musa, salam, right? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it so easy for him to, to uh, enter into Jerusalem, right? Basically saying, just walk in there and it's yours. Muhammad, salam, even after the hardships, at the end... All he had to do was just walk in and, and take control of the city again. So that brings us to um, the establishment of the Islamic State. And then we'll see later how that begins to grow. Uh, so some of the beliefs and practices, I would hope that almost everyone knows all of these. Um, they, we do share some beliefs with Christianity and Judaism. Uh, but we are very much separate. Um, well, the one thing that uh, most people would relate to the to the three religions, which are, are called Ibrahimic religions, because they all uh, trace their lineage back to uh, Ibrahim Alaihissalam, is monotheism, the belief in one God. Okay, um, so the holy book for the Muslims is the Quran. Right, we believe that the Quran is the uncreated word of Allah. Um, it is perfect in every every aspect, and it has been unchanged since its introduction. Um, it includes a lot of important uh, moral lessons for people, like honesty, treating others fairly, respecting of parents, uh, being kind to neighbors, all of the things that uh, we should know and abide by. So there are five pillars of Islam, and essentially these are the basics, right? What is a pillar? A pillar holds up the structure. So without those pillars, then the structure falls down. So the five pillars are the shahada, right? The statement that there is no God but Allah, Muhammad is his messenger. The salah is making the, the prayers. The zakat, paying the, the charity or every year, fasting or psalm, right, fasting the month of Ramadan, and hajj, right, which is incumbent on every uh, male Muslim if they have the resources to make hajj. So that is essentially the the beginning, the foundation of Islam. And later we'll get into the spread of Islam, uh, the different uh, successors, the, the caliphs, but um, that's it for the initial beginning. So we're just going to uh, go through and um, have, a, have a summary of basically what we need to remember. So in the 600s, 
uh, Arab people on the Arabian Peninsula created an empire that eventually spread uh, throughout Southwest Asia, North Africa, and Europe. Right, but it all started in Arabia. To um, the ancient Arabs, which lived in the desert, they used to form tribes, and the tribes um, were mostly nomadic. They would travel from oases to oases, but you also had settlers which settled in towns that were around a water source. And those towns brought trade to Arabia. Um, with that, the trade brought uh, change to tribal customs and uh, new ideas and concepts, right? So Christianity was introduced and Judaism was introduced. So all of these ideas, right, when you have people traveling from place to place, they bring um, different ideas with them. Um, and Islam was essential to the development of this empire. It was not a power grab. It was not a king trying to increase his lands. It was for the sake of Islam. Okay, Muhammad he lived in Mecca and uh, he received his revelation around 610. Um, he brought to the people that there's only one God and that he was the messenger. So, uh, this revolutionary ideas, right, that he brought um, at the beginning, it was very difficult for him and his early followers. So he left Mecca. He settled in Yathrib, which later became Medina. And um, they supported him. And there he grew, he grew in followers. He formed an army and built an empire. And when he died in 632, the entire Arabian Peninsula was a part of the Islamic State. Um... Mecca's is the epicenter of Islam, right? It's where the Al-Kaaba is, is where the Muslims go for Hajj. You have the Well of Zamzam, you have uh, the the two mountains. There's, there's so much uh, in Mecca that um, no other place can compare in Islam to, to this city. Um, the followers of Islam are obviously Muslims, right? And the five pillars, again, are the Shahada, the uh, Salah, Zakah, Saum, and Hajj. Uh, that basically concludes the introduction to Islam, Lesson 1 of the Islamic Empire. Assalamu alaikum.